RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. This is Jeff Myers, one of the pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and welcome to Closing the Distance with Reverend Lindsay Slocum. Lindsay, how are you doing today? We're so good. So good. Happy Tuesday. Glad to be here. Looking forward to this time together. A little bit of fear and trepidation, but mostly excited about our time together. <laughs> oh, the what is this? Uh, uh, the fear of Jeff is, <laughs> or, the, or is it the fear of the Lord you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, and also... You know, I'm a processor. And so every time we have these conversations, I'm trying to think on my feet, which is not my strong suit. And then I get home later and I'm like, wait, I should have said all of these other things. So I I tried to like, I ate some super fruit this morning and <laughs> trying to keep my mind sharp, ready to go. <laughs> well, I, you gave a great sermon on Sunday. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I, I am not going to, I let's just say this. I will not ask you any questions that I myself wouldn't be willing to be asked and answered. So uh, I will be fair in that way. Um, but a great sermon. If you had to, now the conceit of the sermon series this summer is we are kind of matching up um, a Disney movie with some verses from Proverbs. And the idea is, is that Proverbs, you know, tell us about the wise life and contrasted to the foolish life. And that was one of the, your great themes on Sunday. And then it's my argument that these Disney movies, Pixar movies, so on and so forth, kind of are the storied version of some of these wisdom sayings that we learn. What if you? What was your thesis on Sunday? If you had to summarize um, what your message was, what would you say? So I think what I would say is, um, in our search for wisdom, in Ariel's search for wisdom, and in our own search for wisdom. Um, I think that there is a tendency to try and lessen ourselves. Um, at least that's what Ariel did, that she kind of gave up a piece of who she was. But but really, the path to wisdom is going to look like kind of expanding our understanding of the world and, um, and our own interaction with it is the thesis that I ended up going with. Now, just really quickly to backtrack a little bit, because I, I definitely want to talk more about that as well. But um originally so just so people know the way we do sermon series of course is that you dream them up and you have a team of people you work with and you put them together and you you kind of assign verses to them but always the understanding is once the preacher has a hold of it then they pick the verses that match up better and and originally the verses that you had picked to go with little mermaid were they came much later in the book of proverbs about folly and they actually they lined up so 
well with the movie, the verses on folly that you had picked because it was kind of like, sometimes you're foolish, sometimes you're not foolish, try not to be foolish. But I mean, it, it was in the more kind of complicated parts of Proverbs. And I, and so I went back and forth for a long time, but the reason I ended up moving to, to that first section, I wanted to pull something from chapters one through nine is because when we look at that overarching uh, kind of narrative, I guess, if you will, that goes throughout Proverbs, the learner is, I feel like the learner matched up with who Ariel, with Ariel's age with those first nine chapters. Um, because the learner in Proverbs is still younger and um, more prone to impulse and um, and still trying to navigate the world on his or her own. Whereas when we get later into those, you know, into chapter 22, I think is where the original verses came from. It's just a much more complicated world with somebody who has a little bit more abstract thinking and isn't quite as impulsive and is really trying to navigate some of the more complexities of sometimes the very exact thing is wise in the situation, but it's unwise in this situation. So I guess my point is with the Little Mermaid, we could have gone a lot of different directions um, because there's lots of different things we could have pulled out of it, like the the folly and the decision making. And um, but I wanted to stick with kind of the earlier parts of Proverbs, where the learner is just younger and and has kind of the, the more earlier understandings of how we're going to navigate and choosing the path. Because I felt like that's really what Ariel was doing. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, and you all always have the freedom to, you know, pick yeah. what, where you feel God is leading you. Um, we, we hold on loosely to our verses and sermon titles and whatnot. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, on, I've never seen The Little Mermaid. And so on um, Saturday, I, um, I, I asked Major, you know, our four and a half year old son, I was like, and he had seen part of it when he was getting his hair cut, I guess, a week or two ago, they had it on the TVs in the salon there. And so he was kind of excited. And so we turned on uh, the mermaid, a little mermaid on Saturday and we got about like 25 minutes in. And then he turns to me and he goes, do we watch Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we didn't make it all the way through, but, um, but I thought your reading of the movie was really helpful um, and kind of saying, okay, this is how we like, helping a child who maybe seen the little mermaid kind of learn from this story mm about their own life. When, you, uh, when you're when you talking about this, I, now I do wanna say, I, I've listened to the sermon twice. I listened to it when we were in, uh, in the sanctuary service. Then I listened to the podcast uh, this morning on my way in uh, to the church. And it was a different, it was a different um, space. And so it must've been what you did in the modern service at 1045. Because uh, the jokes were a little different, um, you put a little more uh, hot sauce on the sermon, I think, uh, than at nine thirty. So it was really, it was really fun. It was really good, and I learned a lot. But as I was listening to it, and this is a tension I feel in pastoral ministry a lot, that you're balancing who you are created to be is good, and you're like, be more yourself, mm-hmm. but. Oftentimes, then we're like, you're, you're flawed, you're a sinner, you're broken. Mm-hmm. How do you hold those two realities in tension? Or, or do you reconcile them? Or how do you think about them um, in terms of Proverbs and, and just in terms of your ministry and pastoral ministry? I, I think, 
Um, thank you, by the way, for saying all those kind things about the sermon and for listening to it twice. Very impressive. Um, I, I think it's acknowledging both of those in a really authentic way. I think I think both of them are difficult for us to acknowledge and embrace. And I think if we can move ourselves to a place where we can. So on one hand, really being able to acknowledge and embrace, this is who I am. And I, my experience, of course, of being a young person is of being a young woman. And so um, I can certainly speak to that more than I can to being a young man or, or um, identifying any other way, but I, growing up and even still there's a lot of times that um I do feel like oh I'm gonna have to dial back my personality a little bit or let me think through what words I'm about to say so that they land a little softer because if I go in too hard then it's gonna offend the person and I don't want to hurt their feelings and um and so there's kind of figuring out how to fully embrace who I am and to celebrate that and to um and to be able to present that in a way that's really authentic and um, and give thanks that this, this is my personality. This is how God made me. And this is, these parts are my gifts. These parts aren't my gifts, whatever. This is just how I've been put together. I think that that's kind of part of our journey as we are developing and maturing in our faith and in our own emotional health or whatever. And again, I recommend therapy as you kind of explore that. We're going to get into that in a minute. <laughs> Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Scott will be pleased if we keep talking about that part too, <laughs> but but yeah, like the I think that being able to fully acknowledge who I am and who I have been created to be and the the real gift and joy and beauty of that and embrace that, I think that's part of a journey. And I think at the same time, embracing the part I am not all knowing and fully comprehensive, and I'm still limited in my own understanding of myself and of the world. And I, I make missteps. I make blunders. I am part of a society that's making missteps and blunders. And so kind of um, being able to fully embrace the fact that I am a, a sinful person, I'm part of a sinful community. Um, and so the importance for confession and repentance, but, and, and just acknowledgement that that's true. So, so kind of it, fully embracing the beauty that God has done at the same time as fully embracing um, my limitations. I think that there's, it's a boldness and a humility kind of all wrapped up. And I think that as we kind of develop and who we are as mature, faithful people, it's really important to develop both of those aspects of understanding. And I think, you know, two things can be true. Two things have to be true at the same time. And um and kind of, well, you said this, you have a, a quote, you should remind me what the quote is, something about the, the paradox and how important it is to acknowledge the paradox of our lives and that that's part of growth and maturity. Mm -hmm. What is that quote? I don't know. I forget, oh. <laughs> I forget what it is. Uh, uh, but I do, but you're hitting a really central, I think a, a central theme of Proverbs and the wise life, but also yes. just of being a human being of like two things being true and the wise person knows when to emphasize which truth at the right time in the right place um and I, you know as somebody i think when you were talking about it in the sermon i was thinking of myself i like i have a, a fairly sometimes large personality and um and and sometimes like 
in my life, I've really overwhelmed people like and offended people. And, and I've had to learn like, okay, sometimes you got to get smaller. So there's room for other people in the space, but other times you got, you got to be bigger, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for the betterment. And I just think like, that's the person that can do that. Well, is the wise person. And I think that's one of the great gifts of the book of Proverbs is wisdom helps us as we practice, as we see, as we understand, as we pay attention, we know when, when to do what. And I think that. Was yeah. Really- yeah. And I, those are the, the original verses that, that we had assigned to the little mermaid. It was one, it was a verse that was just like that, where it was like, sometimes it's like this and sometimes it's like that. And it was kind of two opposing ideas that were in that same verse. And that's why they fit so perfectly there. Cause it's the same tension that we're wrestling with here too but yes exactly that figuring out what it looks like to navigate um that's yeah and something i don't know that we ever fully figure out but it's part of the journey this path that we're on to wisdom yeah i um yeah the, the, those two verses i think it's coming back to me now it's they're they're, they're it's like they're one after the other and what it says yes. it says answer a fool according to his folly yes or uh, you know or you'll be like himself don't answer a fool according to your folly or you'll and, and it's like two yes. contrasting opposite things. And I took a class on wisdom literature in seminary with guy uh, Raymond Van Leeuwen. And, and, we, and I was like, I read that verse, about, I mean, a lot. And growing up, and I was always confused. I was like, what? the Bible's not supposed to contradict itself. But it <laughs> does, right there. Yes, over you know? and over again. And, and I remember he said, and it, this, I mean, one of the most memorable moments that blew my mind. He says, Jeff. The wise person knows when to answer a fool according to his folly or when not to answer a fool. Yeah. The wise person decides between the two. It's not predetermined what, what you should do with your whole life, but you have to make choices um, in going to the right or to the left. And sometimes you need to go to the left, sometimes you need to go to the right. Yes. Uh, and I think that's that insight in helping people understand that and then say, okay, how do I cultivate wisdom in my life? is really, is really an important one. Now you mentioned therapy and, um, and I am a t- an advocate of, of therapy. Um, and I, I mean, I think after the pandemic, I was in a really, uh, or towards the end of the pandemic, the pandemic put me in a really dark place <laughs> emotionally. And, uh, a lot of the women in my life, shall I say, were encouraging me to go back mm-hmm. to therapy. It's been a while. And so I did. And it's been, you know, I do once a month. It's been really helpful um, to talk through a lot of this stuff. And it's interesting that it's a place where I think I really cultivate wisdom Mm. about my life. How do you think therapy helps us cultivate wisdom? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of back to the what we were just talking about, fully being able to embrace these two things about yourself. Um, I, I just... I think that you have to, I think self-awareness is so important to, to the whole process, figuring out who you are in the eyes of God, figuring out what it looks like to navigate and understanding who you are well enough to navigate the path to, to wisdom. I, there was a, a mom step, stopped in yesterday. She has young adult children. And so we were kind of talking about my sermon and we got on to therapy um, and just talked about there's just her I mean, both of us were sharing kind of our own growth and in, in therapy, kind of understanding who we are and the really beautiful parts that God gave us and we want to celebrate, but also the really 
tricky parts that um, how do we kind of step back from that or, or how do we kind of expand our view so that it's not just about us, but that there's, we understand that how we're fitting into kind of a larger world and being able to appreciate a different perspective that's coming. And the, I mean, the, the beauty of that, right, is that we have this big giant God who isn't limited to just one experience, but, but is able to exist in all of these different experiences and and all, so all these experiences are so valuable and and the way people come to know the lord is going to be different all across and the the various calls to ministry that we each have on our lives like those are all different and so we all it makes us like beautiful bouquet right of all these different things that coming together so understanding our own selves but also ourselves and how we kind of fit in this greater story that god's writing i think um, and it allows, at least for me, but it allows me to kind of navigate in a way that's more aware of, you know, in the story that I shared on Sunday, it was about with my husband in particular, but we, in therapy, we talk about my children. Like we talk about all the, my different relationships and it allows me to navigate those in a way that better honors and values the other person and their particular experience and who God created them to be at the same time as really honoring who God created me to be. And, um, I think that's, I think that's really important. And I think the more we kind of understand our own selves in the midst of those situations, the, the, uh, I don't want to use the word better, but the, maybe the wiser we can be in those situations. Yeah. 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 And I want to uh, make a distinction for, for folks, you know, so what we're talking is about cultivating wisdom in therapy. So this is like a counselor. Now for folks that maybe struggle with mental health issues, that may, they may need to go to see a psychiatrist, you know, to talk yes. about uh, medication, you know, ways to, um, uh, to, to, to help mental health issues. Whereas what we're kind of talking about is more on the other end of how do you live a wise life? How do you learn mm -hmm. from your mistakes? How does your, how does the way you were raised inform how you are today and how are you going to choose to, mm -hmm. to change, to adapt? Um, and I, I, that was something I think is really important in the church. I like to remind people that, um, you know, there's mental health issues that requires um, a different kind of care than just l trying to cultivate wisdom. And I think we need to sure. do uh, all that. Um, yeah, I always say, uh, people say, when do we need a counselor? They say, why can't I just talk to you? And I said, well, after about three or four times of meeting with me, we come to the end of wisdom uh, that I have for you and you need to go. Yes, to <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. All right. So, okay. So, a couple of people mentioned um, in a not really flattering way to me that they said, finally, somebody mentions a musician and a rock star that we've all heard of. <laughs> and you did talk about Kelly Clarkson. What does Kelly Clarkson mean uh, uh, in the soundtrack of your life, Lindsay? <laughs> okay, that's such a fun question. And what's funny is she, I actually, I, she is part of my story. It's so, this is so funny that you're asking this. Um, because I'm not, I don't really follow musicians the way that you do. So it's not necessarily something I always connect with, but you know, I, Kelly Clarkson was one of the first contestants on American Idol and American Idol was on when I was in seminary, I had a roommate, I was dating Scott. And so I'm at this really, um, formative time in my life because I'm dating this guy I'm going to marry. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, preparing for this career that I feel so called to. And so she's 
her, her, this is so cheesy. I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud, but kind of her journey through American Idol, I would just connected with because she was just kind of like, you know, like this, there was something that she wanted. And each week she's kind of taking one more step towards this goal. And, and I can still remember sitting in my apartment in Decatur when they had the American Idol finale and Kelly Clarkson wins. And remember the second place was Justin. I can't remember his last name, but with the curly hair. Yeah. Oh, oh I can, I am literally can see myself. I'm sitting with my roommate. I have a little dog named Jack and she wins and starts singing a moment like this. And, and my roommate and I are sobbing on the couch because she's done it. She won. America chose her. And it was this really lovely moment. And then and then, you know, like all of America has kind of watched as she's grown into a woman and she's uh, gone through all of these trials and, um, and I, I don't know her, I've never met her, but she seems like this really authentic person. And, and she goes through all of these very real pieces of her life, you know, like she's, um, she looks like a real woman and she talks like a real woman and um, it does, she doesn't, it doesn't feel like she's using a filter every time she comes on. Um, and, and so when my friends said they wanted to come to town and we were going to go to this concert, I jumped on it. And so then, of course, we had these just moments in this concert where she's just connecting with us. And so I don't know if she is the music of my people or, or what, but uh, she, yeah, she absolutely is a, a person that kind of plays into my story. It's, of course, you picked up on that. That's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. well, and she's got like a, a really highly rated uh, talk show now. You know, yes. she um, I always liked her song, uh, Since You've Been Gone. Yep, yep. And it's like one of those great songs you can be in your car and you just sing that out. As, you can just like, just yell it. Just like, just, yes. it's, it's just so anthemic and uh, catchy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she has a couple of those. Yeah. It's a great, great song. <laughs> yeah. She, I don't know if you're follow, how much you follow Kelly Clarkson News. There's been a, a couple of things out lately that maybe that her talk show environment is not the healthiest. And so she's made a commitment to investigating, figuring out what's going on and making changes. So I like to think that there was somebody under her that was up to shenanigans and she didn't know about it. And now she does, and she's going to fix it. <laughs> I'm holding yeah. out. Who <laughs> would have imagined Hollywood did have problems? Right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So as we look to um, the future this summer, what are there any uh, uh, movies here? you know, kids movies you're excited uh, to talk about that we're going to look at? Well, uh, um, I, you mean in the sermon series? Yeah. Or, or just, you know, just in general. Um, I, okay. Well, I, let's say this kind of speaking in general. So I did go see the live action little mermaid. I would certainly commend it. If you have children that love to see real live mermaids because there are real live mermaids in the movie so you actually um, believe in mermaids they were i saw them on the movie so i actually did listen to an interview with them and they're they had to go to mermaid training school the actors in the movie did <laughs> i don't know what that means exactly yeah. but they prepared um so the the that part is really cool the music is really fabulous really there's a couple of new songs in the new movie but the um ariel what's her real name i can't remember hallie anyway i sh her face isn't quite expressive enough to not have a voice for half of the movie 
So it's cute. Um, yeah, it's cute. And if you, so if you have a, a kid that would like to see real life mermaids, I would commend the movie to you. And the other thing the real life action movie does is kind of addresses some of the problematic pieces that we have in the cartoon. So I, I'm very grateful for that. And there were a couple, there's a couple cute previews. So there are some good children's movies on their way coming in August. Um, but on our schedule there for the summer, I'm looking forward to the Incredibles. Are you the one preaching the Incredibles? Uh, I can't remember. Let me look here. I'm looking forward to that. There's some, I think some just amazing biblical themes in the Incredibles. So I'm very excited for that one. And that one no, maybe has. I'm doing the Incredibles. Yeah, yeah that one maybe has a little more action for Major too. So he might he might be able to like resonate <laughs> with that one a little. The Little Mermaid action is all at the end when the big fight when um, King Triton comes in and is fighting Ursula and you've got the good versus evil, which could have been another uh, biblical theme we pulled out of that as well. But well, anyway, a, so I think there's a whole subgenre of literature on that I've discovered on like devotionals with Disney and stuff. People are interested. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of content out there, which I was happily surprised to uh, discover. So. Yes. I will tell you though, in some of these ones that are based on classic fairy tales, like the little mermaid, maybe don't go back and read the original Hans Christian Anderson because. Woo. That is intense. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. Was, I mean, it's like nursery rhymes, like Humpty Dumpty. Like if you were to read that, or like um mm -hmm. i did a deep dive on i mean they're dark like yeah. the beauty and the beast which i've got this week is comes from like the 18th century the story and it's it's dark yes yes it's I bad and the little mermaid it's like the ursula the, the sea witch takes a razor blade to cut the legs out of the tail and describes the pain and i was like oh gosh yeah it's this is intense dark well, that's yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for your faithfulness and bringing the word to us. Uh, when's the next time you preach? Oh, uh, probably not until the fall. All I right. think that's my only summer sermon. All right. Well, you got plenty of time to start writing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Lindsay, it's been so good to Closing the Distance. I want to remind folks that we're publishing Closing the Distance on Tuesdays now. We'll go noon at, at, on Facebook Live and then it'll be on the podcast where people can access, access it at any time wherever they get podcasts. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk today. And I, I look forward to seeing you soon and uh, many blessings on your ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye-bye.